Who was Aleister Crowley? The simple answer, according to Wikipedia, is he was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. But what did he do that makes him a known name 70 years after his death? It is no secret he was deeply involved in secret societies, such as the Order of the Golden Dawn and Freemasonry. But his words in his first and most notable book, The Book of the Law, seem to transcend time. The book became the sacred text of Thelema, Crowley's religion he founded in 1904, and the famous words and teachings of, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, have been publicly adopted by many musicians and prominent figures in entertainment. Is there something sinister behind the meaning of his occult and sex magic teachings? Was he a man deranged by disease? Or was he the vessel used to usher in the age of Horus as he claims? Let the introduction to Aleister Crowley begin. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 53. Yeah. Aleister Crowley. So, uh, the winner of the poll on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Cue the Sabbath. Mr. Crowley. Yeah. Okay. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Andrew. And we're well, back. And we're back. The last case file a... uh, left most people mind boggled and mind boggled. I, I, I got I listened back to it and man, we got drunk. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, the first hour, and then after that, I was like, maybe we should have uh, called it. <laughs> you know, we had, we kind of started talking in circles at the end, but oh, that was a good one. Most people liked it. Some people are like, I just don't understand what you're talking about. I was like, oh, well, neither did we, really. It was fun. So you guys got flat earthers drunk. Yeah. We got, we got a little... We had a, well, we did a full hangout first, like a full hour on Facebook. Yeah, I remember I was watching part of it. I was yeah, at a wedding. Was... Yeah, we were beaking you a bit. Oh, were you? Fuck you. I was trying to beak you, but I couldn't listen to the sound. Uh, like I said, I'd rather watch reruns of Corner Gas than another <laughs> second of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty fucking drunk, too. So, Anyways, that was good. Braden? It's good. It's fun. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. I like uh, I like of... those freewheeling ones like that. Yeah, where we came up with a lot of uh, just personal theories. Yeah, really. It was all, um, it was those pretty, ones always have to be pretty heavily alcohol-induced, I think. You just get on the track and you just start going. Right. It's the best. I just I hate when you get too drunk and you start slurring so much. <laughs> like I was listening <laughs> listening back and I was just like, and just uh, space. I was like, oh my god. I'm and then like idiot. every two seconds we'd be like, oh, oh! <laughs> Are you trying to say is what you're trying to say that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was fun though. Fucking yeah, right. It's a good time. Good times. Yeah. Um, I've got the randomatron up working. The randomatron uh, X2. You want to do randomatron first or space news first? Oh, let's do randomatron first. Okay, load it up. Let's load it up right now. I'm uh, I'm putting it in, and I'm hitting a button right now. Wow, that! Listen to that baby purr. That's what you say every time. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Just incredible. Andrew, did you hear it this time? I didn't hear anything. I don't you didn't hear it? Andrew is, has no imagination. He's immune to the sound of the machine. I don't know what the, the fuck machine. Randomatron is. I don't, I'm confused. If we were here. in Never Neverland, you'd go hungry because you got no imagination. It's true. I would never go to Never Neverland to begin with. What if you're kidnapped? Bring it. <laughs> Fucking pirates. I'm not scared. Take you in your sleep. Mm-mm. I don't sleep. Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> 
Especially after you're in those uh, fucking Ouija boards. Yeah, and right. Sleep when I if open. some if some flying pirates come through your window, Andrew, you're going face down, ass up, and you're like, take yeah, me, take right, whatever you want. You wish. <laughs> no chance. Pirates aren't scary. Pirates don't scare me. Well, it's never really seen a real pirate, I guess. So yeah, I see tons of fucking skinny Somalians all the time. I'm not worried about it. Bring <laughs> that, that's it. I'm the captain now. <laughs> what was that movie called? Uh, captain Captain called Phelps. Captain now. Captain Phelps. Captain my Phillips. captain. Captain Phillips, I think. I don't fucking know. It's Tom Hanks, wasn't it? Big, yeah. Anyways, what the what the randomatron spit out? Tungusta. No, Tunguska meteorite. Cool. Tunguska. At seven o'clock in the morning of the thirtieth of June, nineteen oh eight. An enormous explosion was heard from the isolated forests of Siberia, particularly the Tunguska region. Subsequent investigation revealed that there had been a great many hunters and fishermen in the area who had seen an object traveling through the sky. It was described as more brilliant than the sun and heading toward the site of the explosion. So great was the impact that even 800 kilometers away, one train driver stopped his train in disbelief that his own cargo had exploded. Oh, sorry. Stopped his train in the belief, not disbelief, in the belief that his own cargo had exploded. There were shockwaves over a great distance, and the event was recorded all around the world, including London, England. In the 1920s, an expedition to the region discovered that there had apparently been something like an airborne explosion rather than a meteorite impact that the team had expected to find. The debris in the force was very similar to the debris at Hiroshima following the airborne explosion of the atomic bomb in 1945. In other words, there was total devastation radiating out of one central point but at the point of ground zero the destroyed trees were still standing while the others radiated out from the central point were felled a meteorite would not have caused such devastation and of course in 1908 there could not have been an atomic blast leaving the speculation that the tunguska explosion was due to an extraterrestrial nuclear-powered craft exploding in the air. I know what it is. I However, it is. there may be other more natural explanations which have not yet been fully understood by science, i.e. some particularly destructive form of ball some lightning. What? <laughs> so hold on, some what? <laughs> particularly... Particularly... <laughs> Destructive form of ball lightning or plasma energy. Yes. You don't want to know what it was, right? What was it? How do you think El Nasty got to fucking Russia? They sent sent him down. Yeah. Let's be serious here. Obviously. Nineteen. When was the incident at Dyaslav Pass? It was in the forty-seven or something. Right? Yeah. So he's been there since nineteen oh eight. He's been fucking shit up. So he came shooting down in a. How close? Where is this? As opposed to um, Siberia, how close? Where is that in relation? We should look that up. It's a good question. Hashtag look it up because I'm not going to. No, <laughs> I can't. I fucking I broke my phone. It's all shattered. I can't look fucking anything up. Um, 
That's an interesting one. So there's oh, that's the blast. end. That's yeah, a... there's a blast, and all the trees are standing at the at the blast point, and then everything around this point is knocked over. Well, I'm gonna tell you that I'm pretty sure it was an airburst meteorite. Oh, because those those do happen where they have enough. They don't have. By the time the air gets so dense when it like comes towards the ground, they just explode in the air. They don't actually impact. Oh, I guess. Because there's that one in Russia, like maybe like four four years ago, maybe, and it blew out all the windows in the town. It would have been cooler if it was all nasty. Still could have been all nasty, but it just exploded before it hit the ground. And then he just popped out. Yeah. It was, he was like some tight little pod came shooting down and like well, a Saiyan. Like a Saiyan, yeah. Like the little Saiyan. Hundred feet from the grant from the ground, it just exploded. Boom! The whole craft exploded outwards, but he just dropped to the ground. Totally. Fell nimbly and just yeah. trotted off. Fucking right. That's what happened. You heard it here first. So that that was the whole story. No, uh, yeah, I was, no actual, no uh, silver-suited dancing ETs. No dancing to Herbie Hancock. No, they unfortunately not this week. No little back pancakes. Nothing cool like that. We're gonna get sued. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new theme song of the, of the pod. Can't be sued by a robot. Yeah, that's true. All right, um, uh, you want to do space news? Space news. Uh, Stephen Hawking has said we need a new space age. Uh, basically, he's saying that it's time for us to find a new planet as global population is increasing at an alarming rate and we are in danger of self-destructing. So in order to um, prolong the human race, the human existence, we need to put all efforts into finding another habitable planet and populizing it. Doesn't work. Populating it? Doesn't work. I watched The Martian. Doesn't work. So this this is what I don't get when people say like we need to go to a new planet. Ours is fucked. We fucked it up. We'll just fix this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the you know what? Here's some more space news. NASA just said that the hole in the Earth's ozone layer is the smallest it's ever been since 1988. That's true. She's shrinking. That's over. Where is that over Antarctica? I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um. Scotland by 2022 is expecting to be uh, 100% renewable energy. Oh, like, shit. I think we're moving in the right direction. So for them to say that we've done irreparable damage, I don't think we've done irreparable damage. I think we're turning a corner. Well, I think so too. But here's where a little conspiracy comes in. All these people keep saying, we need to get off this planet. We need to get off. Do they know something we don't? Ooh. Is wow, there, do they, are they tracking a couple like gigantic asteroids that they're pretty sure are going to hit the planet but they can't tell anyone yet because they're not too sure like it's not close enough but they're just making precautions just in case i don't want to think about that because there's a pothos we talked about it with Fred, freddie silva i think it's like 2027 or something they're like it's going to come close enough to worry at least really that's what they think judge it by its elliptical path around the solar system but i don't know what yeah oh search search go look up apothos NASA Apothis on Google and a whole bunch of articles will pop up. But speaking of new planets. What's Apothis from? It's bothering me. It's a character from some I, th- I, th- well, I think Apothis is some type, gotta be some type of Greek god or something like originally, but I don't really know. But uh, speaking of planets, a new planet, which was discovered using NASA's Spitzer, Spitzer Space Telescope, is named. This is the best name for a planet I've heard yet. OGLE 2016. 
BLG-1190 LB. OGLE! That's the one. And it is the biggest planet they've ever discovered. It's actually so big that they think it actually might not be a planet. It might be a brown dwarf failed sun. So it's not actually, doesn't have its nuclear fusion going on, but it's still like producing heat, they think. But it's giant. It's like uh, 14 times the mass of Jupiter, they think. Bonkers, eh? insane but uh i'm pretty sure it's fucking way too many far Twenty-two thousand light years they think so forget about that one not going there want to hear one want to hear one closer to home yeah let's hear it so saturn's moon enceladus might have had liquid or warm liquid water for potentially billions of years so i guess they've been they've been examining this planet for a while now it's their the one they think this one and titan i think are the two they think could support some type of life but judging by their 3d imaging and all their scans that they're doing there is definitely liquid water underneath the ice caps possibly like oh. warm liquid water because it's like shooting like ice jets into when the sun hits it shoots like ice like ice vapor jets into space pretty much what it looks like from the pictures so if there's anywhere in the in the solar system that there's going to be life, they think that's the that's the number one. I just want to find life in my lifetime. Like I want to see life on another planet in my lifetime. Well, they're already even here. just they're already here, man. Even just simple s- single cell organisms. Yeah, and it, one, yeah, because once you get it one like one place, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, it's everywhere for sure. Um, also, uh, Pothos is the bad guy in Stargate. Ah, that's what uh, it is. Yeah, it was bugging me. Go back farther though, Apophis Greek. Apophis Greek. Apophis is Egyptian. Egyptian. It's the Egyptian god. Is but, that what it was? Oh, but okay. that's where I'm. Bra- I'm thinking of. Is uh, from right. The fucking, that's your connection. Yeah. Right, Braden. Um, the Kepler may have found up to twenty habitable worlds, um, newly discovered exoplanets lying within the habitable zone of their host stars. Um, so, you know, there's there's 20, plenty of uh, options out there. Uh, KOI 7923.01 uh, seems very Earth-like, and it would have a 395-day uh, like calendar. Their year, 395, so you get a little extra, extra year. Winter's a little longer. Summer's a little longer. Yeah. Well, they actually I guess they don't. They wouldn't really know if it had winter, summer because they can't really detect that much. No, it's just in the zone. They don't even know. It might be a. It might be a Venus. Just a fucking. What did Dan call it? Greenhouse get greenhouse nasty. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what he said. Something funny like that. Oh, dude, you said something in the last podcast that I wrote down in a note when I listened to. Oh, you said I want to get it on a T-shirt. You said something to the effect of everyone's just out there big banging. <laughs> I think I was talking about multiple big bangs of the universe. Yeah, and I ended up using I ended up using big banging. Yeah, Some, somewhere in there. Big banging. Yeah, I think I might have said something like that. I had a I had a good if, laugh. If you were to really listen back, you probably get a few ridiculous oh, sentences we're... said during that one. Um, that's that's pretty much. I don't really have much. Uh, that's what I had today. That's all I have for um, space news. We haven't really been going hard in the space news lately, but we're getting back well, into not, it. We're not trying to. I'm trying to stay away from like really dated stuff, like today's yeah. 
yesterday. So then people listen to this. It's just like interesting facts that you might hear. Like, yeah. so if I were to re-listen to this podcast a year from now and you heard that, you'd be like, well, I didn't know that. That's kind of... We should change space news to space facts. <laughs> no, space news is just space. It's just news of all sorts, but mainly space. Yeah. Just because you, you, you get all your other news from wherever else. So we'll give, we'll give you the space portion. All right. Well... Should we get into it? On to the, the beast himself. Some refer to him as the most wickedest man in the world. 666. Al- Alistair Crowley. Is it Crowley or Crowley? Crowley. 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 Alistair Crowley. Why are we doing that with your hand? Because it's diabolical. It's oh. like, you know what I mean? Crowley. <laughs> Can't help it. I'm a fucking little... Uh, I don't know. Crowley? 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 I don't know. Alistair Crowley. Crowley. Crowley sounds better. We'll say Crowley. You I say, think Crowley. You say, what, say Crowley. You guys can because, say whatever you want, but yeah, Crowley. He's uh, like wants- man. He's like the he's the root of a lot of different avenues of. Oh, he was a fucking trend. Occult, and like symbolism, and like secret societies. There's so many directions blood to magic go down the fucking rabbit hole in this guy. Summoning. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy shit, man. Yeah. So I think, like, because there's a lot of avenues that you could just go down and do a whole podcast on just the one section of it. So we'll probably just kind of just go through his life and then give you a little points that we thought were kind of cool. It's probably how we'll do it, eh? Yeah, I'm down with that. Who wants to start with him? Not me. Where's Dan? Yeah, <laughs> shit. Well, not me either. That's the end of the podcast. And podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mr. Conspiracy here? Cause where's Where's Mr. Conspiracy's couple of notes blank when you need fucking it? cue cards. Well, that's it. <laughs> and Alistair Crowley is uh, he was there, and he died. Yeah. Um, I read that. I read one thing I like that I read about him is uh, I read in during World War II, he had um worked with the Allies and made uh like uh. Um, what's it called when you make ads? Why can't I think of the word now? Propaganda. And they would drop these leaflets on the Germans and like German cities and uh, German controlled areas. And it was propaganda posters and it made the Germans seem like they were uh, like Satan worshipers and, and like occultists and stuff. And it was a way to like demoralize the like German troops. I thought it was kind of I did and read he, that like, too. Yeah. He he designed a lot of them. I was like, oh, that's kind of a it's kind of a cool uh That is cool. Yeah, cool thing. Apparently he was a spy, wasn't he? Or some people Well dude Okay, I'll start I'll start at the beginning. We'll go through it. There's there is some like MI five kind of connections yeah. that they think like they brought him on be- just because of who the person like what kind of person he was. They thought he'd be like the right guy to Fucking do it. Fucking weirdo. But he was born October 12th, 1875. And his, his real name was actually Edward Alexander Crowley. He act, ended up changing it in the, when he got older because he wanted to be known and famous pretty much. And he thought like the syllables of that name, Alistair, would be more memorable, I oh, guess. Totally. Which it is. Edward Alistair. Well, and it's got some, I forget what it was. It's got some type of like fucking gay-like meaning or something like that. I was listening. I was reading something about it. I can look it back up, but... Yeah, anyways, I don't I don't know exactly, but that was his original name. And fuck, holy shit, I'm losing my shit here. Oh. Yeah, so he was, 1875 is born, 
and he died. <laughs> I'm summing up real quick. <laughs> Nineteen. No, I'm just kidding. No, he yeah, he was born, and his his dad like his parents were like his dad was a Quaker. Like what's a Quaker? Like a fucking Quaker Oats guy, all religious and. I was gonna say he was like he yeah. was some type of like he was priest. uber religious. So apparently he was a Quaker, but that wasn't fucking like that wasn't religious and. You know that was original. Uh, wasn't a re- religious enough, right? So he like left being a Quaker to become even more holy. Apparently, like he was. I did read he was just like super fundamental Christian thumper evangel. Oh, evangel. Uh, I think what's the word? What's that one religion? Evangelical. Evangelical. Yeah. E- 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 evangelical. evangelical? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's what his. That's what his dad was. And I guess he always had a good, re- like a good relationship with his dad, but his mom. He fucking hated her after his, his his dad died when he like I think he was like fucking eleven years old well, or something, right? She's the one that dubbed him the Beast. She would always call him the Beast, yeah, right? Yeah, that's where he got it from. And then so later in life, he when all this other shit happened to him, he he took it and ran with it. You gotta be some type of metal motherfucker for your mom to call you the Beast. You know what I mean? Like he must have been one badass kid to be. But he, I don't think it was because he like they say like oh he was he was a scholar. He went to like was it Oxford or wherever the fuck he went. Oh. Maybe back then that was the badass well, book learning. His his father died when he was eleven, yeah. and then it says he became increasingly skeptical regarding Christianity, constantly pointing out inconsistencies um, in the Bible to his religious teachers. What? Yeah, and, right. And There's then no he holes went, in that. No, I know it's Come a pretty on. solid book. <laughs> Jesus, and then this he guy went just against, lost all his credibility for me. End it. And then he went against the Christian morality of his upbringing. By smoking and masturbating. Yeah, masturbating. Horrible kid. At fourteen, it's at fourteen. It said that he had he lost his virginity, and he had an insatiable like sex drive, and he lost his virginity to his mother's maid in his mother's bed. Yeah, nice. That a boy. Get back. Got started early. He's the beast. All right. Having sex with prostitutes like in his teenage years, um, he contracted gonorrhea. And then I guess uh, he was finally like his his mom was sick of him and sent him to uh, live with a tutor in Eastbourne, where he took chemistry and he developed interest in chess, poetry, and mountain climbing. Well, because they were pretty wealthy, right? Like they, I guess the family owned a brewery. He had a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, the family owned a brewery, and then when his dad died, I guess when he hit like whatever twenty or whatever it was, he inherited all the money. He got all the money. Yeah. So he he had the resources to do whatever he wanted. So when he when he went to school, he dropped out of school. He's like, this is fucking bogus. Yeah. He became a mountain climber. I'm pretty sure he was one of the first people to scale K2. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Like he, he was a legit like a... mountain climber. Fuck. Yeah, I read that he was a mountaineer and like, like amongst he, like, everything else. He didn't just climb like your local like. You know, four thousand foot peak. He was going up these insane, and this is like way back in the day before oxygen and like all these other like yeah. modern climbing assists. Braden, still yeah, there? I'm, oh, still yeah, there? I'm listening. I never know what the Skype problems we have sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I was just, I was listening. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, he, the guy lived like an interesting life. Like when you look at, <laughs> he, I think that's the, the least of amount the of fucking interesting things he's done is climb K two. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's the and that's the truth of it all. Um, so then he goes to Cambridge university, um, where he continues his mountaineering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was was either before or after. I'm not sure which one it was. 
Um, this is where he had his first um, mystical experience um, was while he was attending Cambridge. Um, and that he, he uh, dis- became or discovered that he was bisexual and started engaging in same-sex experiences, uh, even though they were legal at the time. Legal um, or illegal? Illegal. Illegal! And stuff he still maintained, while at Cambridge, a very vigorous sex life with women, largely female prostitutes, um, from one of whom he caught syphilis. Uh, so oh, now he's gonorrhea. Got, no, he had gonorrhea before. Oh. Now he's caught oh, syphilis. Oh, so he's just, he's just working his way through. He's working his way up, yeah. Um, so now... So he got syphilis at what age? This, I he, don't think he got like, syphilis, because doesn't syphilis, syphilis fuck you up? Syphilis will kill you. Like, yeah, he, he lived till he without lived treatment. Till he was like 80. Without treatment, he, he, without treatment, it kills you. That's what killed Al Capone. But I don't think there was treatment for syphilis before fifties, nineteen fifty. Maybe, maybe he a, fucking cured it with magic. He was a magician. Maybe, maybe he did. Um. So now this is where he starts to get interesting. He gets into his uh, many secret societies. Maybe he's he jumping through them. Maybe syphilis made him crazy. You think so? Maybe. Maybe he wasn't crazy. Well, I read a lot of things where people, like people, he was villainized for his thinking. Oh, totally. not not necessarily that he was crazy. He just thought yeah. different. He's like a hundred years ahead of his time, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, no, for sure. There is some other shit though. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's crazy. He's like he's not <laughs> he's not crazy. He's just like he has such a wide spanning life from like his childhood to where he ended up is like so different. He's pretty fucking rad. Like, yeah, there's some fucked up shit, but he's pretty rad. It's no like, wonder people fall in love with the story of Crowley. No, like, it, totally. Especially there's all a, these, like, rock gods, there's right? There's a reason why fucking Sabbath wrote a song about him. He's, he's badass. That's fucking right. So, okay, so he he started basically getting into mysticism and, and magic and um, and secret societies and... and the and occult. The occult, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is where he, he, the first one he joined was the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which I guess was a secret society where many, many like high-ranking political and like high, like high-ranking people of society joined this, where they practiced magic. But after like he was in it for I think only two years and he rose like pretty quick through the ranks. But he quit because he said like all the people in this society don't really understand what they're doing. Like they're no. trying to summon this shit, but they're just doing it half-ass because they like want to be part of it because everyone's doing it. He's like, I want to take it to the next level. No, he wants real life. Magic. He wants real magic. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, uh, he's. You know what he is? You know what he is? He's just a overconfident muggle. Is what he is. <laughs> thinks he thinks he has magic, but yeah. Maybe he does have magic as we. So go sorry. What it. what was that? What was that society? Order of the Golden Dawn. Yeah. So. And then he laughed there. I also read something about that he got kicked out because uh, of his of being gay. Well, yeah, I think like uh, he listened to a lot of things, and people from that era say like he got kicked out for because of his sexual orientations and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was but just, he, he, was he, was just, just he just went ac- against everything they were doing. So like this guy's got to go, pretty much. So yeah, I, right. I bet he you that's just what happened. Pulling a Louis C.K. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check this out. <laughs> Hey, you want to be famous? Look at this. Um, so next, so, I, I, next, I think, well, they say he joined something called the Old George Pigingil Witch Coven. 
So that was his next his next secret society. But he was not welcome for pretty much the same reasons. Irresponsible attitude and inclinations toward homosexuality. Well, hmm. Which was shocking at the time, even to witches in quotes and when I'm reading this. Um, yeah, man, he just keeps going too. After that, he joins the Freemasons, where he pretty much, he's a badass Freemason too. He gets a lot of fucking uh, Freemason degrees and he attained his 33rd and last degree of the Scottish Rite in Mexico. And there's some quotes about him accepting it and shit, but I'm not going to read them. So he's gone through all, all these religions or not really all these cults and like secret societies. And they're not, they're not doing it for him. The people, he doesn't get along with them. They're not doing enough magic. They're not, not, not hardcore enough. They're magic. not hardcore not enough. for the beast. Not for the beast. Not well, he's the not the beast, beast yet. He hasn't yeah. called himself the beast yet. Yeah, but his, no, he's always been the beast. His mom was calling him the beast. He's been the fucking beast since grade school, man. Yeah. This is where, this is where it becomes, this is like where it all started from what, from what the, everyone kind of says. In 1904, Crowley and his wife visited Egypt for their honeymoon. And during Ooh. this trip is where he wrote his most famous book, Liber Legis, or The Book of the Law, which would become the cornerstone of his life and the book of his religion after this. But Thelemia, I guess what, I what guess, is it? Thelmia? Thelmia, I think Thelemia, it's called. Yeah. But I guess what it was, was Crowley's let, his, his wife led him into a museum in Cairo, and they came across this, um, I think it was, yeah, 7th century... Mortuary steel, styly. I'm not actually how to say that. Well, she, so first before this, like he he got this place in Egypt. I was reading. Yeah. And he he kept doing these ritualistic seances and shit like that, right? And every day he was saying that his wife Rose, right? Was it Rose? Pretty sure his wife's I, name I think is Rose. Was, yeah. Kept getting a little bit more like off and off, and she would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, "He's calling me. He's calling me. We gotta go here. We gotta go here." Oh, and he's like, right. where, where, where do you want to go? And he's like, she's like, Horus is calling me. Right. And, and they're in Egypt, right? Yeah. And apparently she knows nothing of like the Greek or the she Egyptian She had no history gods, of Egyptians. Nothing like that. And she kept saying, Horus is calling me. And you know what I mean? And he knows, is Horus the god of the sun? Horus. He's the, it's the, Horus is the falcon, I think. I'm not familiar. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, so that's right. So he's calling calling him to the, it was the museum, right? Oh, so his, his wife was being channeled supposedly yeah. while she dreamt. And yeah. she'd wake up and be like, he's, he's calling to me. He's calling to me. Yeah, we, we need to go, go here. We, we got to go, go here. Go. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's what that, I did read that too, actually. That's right. It's a fucking good, good call there. And then when they get there, they, the exhibit's number is 666. The number of the beast. The number of the beast. Number in the, of the beast. Fuck yeah. Six. Six, six. Yeah, number of the beast in the book of Revelation. So right there. Yeah, we all really need to work on our Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, we do. I fucking butchered it. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. So I, was, I thought I had something else in there, but I didn't really. But yeah, so that's where it gets the number 666 from. Just fucking badass. He's the guy that fucking invented the number of the beast. Like, that's pretty rad. That is pretty crazy. Oh, okay, that's what it was. After that, I guess they took part in another in a magical ritual during which he alleges to have received a message from the entity named Eowas. I actually don't I don't it doesn't really say who that is, but that's the god that's the god that his whole Philema or whatever oh, is that based what it, on. Oh, okay. And that's right? that's actually right after that he wrote his first three chapters of the book of the law. Yeah. And what he thought when he wrote, pretty much he wrote this book, he said it would revolutionize the way like mankind lived. Like getting away from religion like that and going back to like just like do whatever you want. 
Well, what's his quote? Thou shall do what thou will or whatever. Do what do what thou will. Yeah, do that's what like thou will. that's what he live. He ended up living for. Like that was like those. But that was the original YOLO. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you Man, want. Well, the, then think about like think about like that effect of that quote, like on today's society of just like do whatever the fuck you want. Like it really is now. Of like you have, there is no. Like I don't, and I don't necessarily know if it's a negative thing. Like there's so much more tolerance and stuff for. Uh, uh, well, it is a good and it's a bad thing. You do it, do what thou will. If a bunch of fucking white preppy dudes want to go marching around a university, fucking, you know, dressed up like KKK people, fucking, they're allowed to do it. Do I what, don't know. Like that's do, do what you do what you will within like within reason. Yeah. Like, well, do you think that's what he means though? I bet you he uh, did. I bet you what Crowley no. meant. I bet you what he, I bet you he meant that. I don't think he meant he didn't mean KKK. I think he just meant like stop believing in the brainwashing of religion. Do what thou will. Right? Which where some people would take that some, some people would take that as have sex with all the prostitutes you can. Well, and do and it, it and do a bunch of drugs. The, the whole quote is do what thou will shall be the whole of the law. So just pretty much like do what you want is that and that's the law that's it it's pretty open for interpretation fucking awesome yeah that's what i try and do but it doesn't quite work out (laughs) it doesn't pay the bills it does not pay the bills no um so yeah it's uh but yeah that's a tough one because it can be you you can definitely take that in a negative but you could take that in a positive too yeah so Okay, so he he writes this book. Where were you going with that? So that's that's the start of his religion, and so after that he started what was called the Thel the Thelmic religion. Is that what it's called? The Thel Thelmic the the Thelema or whatever. Thelemic. Thelemic would make yeah. sound that makes sense. I don't I don't know if that's really what it was called, but I know it's the Thelmia, right? The Thel Thelema. Thelema. Right, Thelema. Let's go with that. So pretty much he wrote this book and it was like an, he wanted, a, a, it was the new eon was going to be the age, pretty much the age of Horus is what he said. Because Horus was the one who contacted him. He thought it was like an entity contact, contacted him to, you know, bring his teachings back to the world. And that's what he thought pretty much the whole time. So here's one, here's one, this is the opening lines of the book of the law. Had the manifestation of Nuit, the unveiling of the company of heaven, every man and woman, it, Every man and woman is a star. Every number is infinite. There is no difference. Help me, O warrior, Lord of Thebes, in my unveiling before the children of men. That was the opening line of... So it reads pretty much like a religious text, but it's not saying God did this or God did that. Yeah, then the three... Here's the actually three laws. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will, every man and every woman is a star. And his sign for it was the unicursal hexagram, which is like a, it looks like two Star Trek symbols, one up, one down. See, and it sounds pretty damn good to me. I don't, I don't see evilness. I watched, I watched, I watched a a documentary earlier today, not a documentary, but like a quick 20 minute video. And one of the things it was, it was based on that book of the law and it was saying that, and it, 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 it definitely was shining it in a negative light. It was saying that the powers of be um, are like Illuminati and stuff and believers of Crowley's uh, 
theologies and they kind of went into um all like the the pedophile rings and stuff but what they said is um how uh do what thou will and they said uh like the subversion of um like just good good and like giving to people too much freedom to do to like uh, make choices and it it was quoting like having parents give five-year-olds uh pills to stop them from going through puberty and weird stuff like that but then it also said uh, i was talking about that everyone's a star and then was talking about like how facebook and like the culture's brainwashed into like i gotta post something so all my fans are like adore me and and all that stuff it was it was interesting 20 minute read or watch of them saying that uh, all the higher ups are still kind of uh believing in those three laws and oddly enough, too, do you know who used to practice all his rituals and shit like that? Probably. L. Ron Hubbard. I did hear that connection brought up. Fucking weirdo, too. Yeah, it's like all that stuff in all that stuff in like Hollywood and like high-ranking politicians. Like it, there's a you can go down a rabbit hole that way, like big time. And what what that is, though, after he, after he wrote the Book of the Law, he he was part of the creation of this thing called. Or oh, fuck, what how you pronounce this? <laughs> oh, the OTO or whatever. The OTO, Ordo Templi Orientis, and that was pretty much it. Was like a spin of a Freemasonry, with like a stage series of initiations or degrees to like become a member, and the lower one. And it's all like based on what he called sex magic. All right. So it's all based on sex and bodily fluids and like doing weird shit Fuck with the bodily fluids. Dude, man, the one. Okay, I gotta read this little. Okay. I'll read this little paragraph because now that we're talking about bodily fluids, sexuality played an. I highlighted this because I it just it grossed me out earlier. Sexuality played an important role in Crowley's ideas about magic and his practice of it, and has been described as being central to Thelema. He outlined three forms of sex magic: the autoerotic, homosexual, and heterosexual, and argued that such acts could be used to focus the magician's will onto specific goals such as financial gain or personal creative success. For Crowley, sex was treated as a sacrament with the consumption of sexual fluids interpreted as a Eucharist. I don't know what that word is. This was often manifested as the cakes of light, a biscuit containing either menstrual blood or oh. a mixture of semen and vaginal oh. fluids. Crowley made the cookie race. Boys, That's fucked. We, if we bust some nuts on some cakes and eat them, our podcast is going to go through the roof. Personal creative success. I'm good. And I think what you're, there, you're talking about, um, I think, level nine, if I'm reading that correctly. That's level nine. Of the Ordo, Ordo Templi Orientis. Orient, Orientis. Do you want me to read? Do you, do you want me to read? There's a one, two, three, four, five. There's five. Yeah, I want it. So not called. There's called V two, V three, like Roman numerals. V V yeah. line line, V three lines. Rocky one, one Rocky X, two, X, Rocky X, three, and then XI. So I guess these are all the levels of the blood of the blood magic to become part of the upper echelons of this order. Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTO for short. So the first level, V11, adoration of the phallus both within or without. Both within, I don't know, both within? Can't really... Was that penetration or handjob? It that... it's, very, it's very vague. We'll go, we'll go to the next one. This one's a little more uh, 
little more sex magic-y. Interactions outside the closed vessels of the vagina and the anus. Sexual fluids might be mixed with saliva and then rubbed into the absorbent tissues of the anus and perineum, as well as the ex external correspondences to the chakras, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown. They might also be used to anoint the internal anus, then transferred as a triune elixir, semen, anal elixirs, and saliva back to the mouth. <laughs> the fluids oh. may also be anointed on the eyelids. You, nev you and, never go uh, to mouth. They may be anointed on the eyelids and or the entire cabalistic middle pillar. So this guy's just tossing out gonorrhea on fucking Ritz crackers. So like, like just handing it out left, right, and this center. This is the fucking sex magic. Jeez. These are the levels of the sex magic. And what you're talking about is the one X, I think, interaction within the vagina involving either menstrual blood or the secretions of a woman when sexually aroused. But you said something about putting on a fucking... You said yeah, about... the cake of light. That's crazy. It, it's, it contains honey, oil, and body fluids. <laughs> And it's usually cooked in the shape of a small flat wafer. It appears um, in two important uh, thelmic rituals, the Gnostic Mass and the Mass of the Phoenix. However, Crowley thought it was important for magicians to perform these rituals of some kind daily. Daily. Eating jizz on the rag. Yes. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, there's there's two more. You want to hear them? <laughs> yeah, let's hear them. X was impregnation and fertilization of an egg, also the act of creation or succession. So I guess that one's pretty... That's the most normal that's one. That's the most normal one. Get someone pregnant. XI is twofold. And Crowley's favorite was the second one. I'll read. Isolation in the anus where there was no interaction at all. What does that really mean? Isolation it means you, in the anus. You stick in their butt without even talking to them. Just right. Glory hole anal. <laughs> just fucking hole in the wall. Surprise! Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, read that again. No lube. Isolation in the anus where there was no interaction at all. Is that like propping up, propping open the butt, and then just like and then like, and then and then everyone looks away and like gives you the silent treatment while you sit there. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking no. so weird, man. I don't know. And then the second portion was. Interaction with excrement and small amounts of blood when small wounds occur through intercourse, mucus, and of course, the mucous membranes that lead directly to the blood supply. Alistair Crowley's own personal preference, and this is a quote, I'm inclined to believe that the XI degree is better than the 1X degree, though that's in the quote, diary entry on the 26th of August, 1916. That's how you get an infection. That's not so, good, man. Can't be getting fecal matter. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, there's actually. I, I looked it up. There is still to this day these orders existing. Order, Ordo Templi Orientis Canada, at oto-canada.org. Should see if we get somebody on. If you're interested, but what they they don't really say. For the lower levels, they make it sound very like, oh, it's just like Freemasonry, like it's a brotherhood, a fraternity, and then it says at the upper levels. That's a big key party. Careful. Yeah. It's a big key party, man. <laughs> so yep. these things do exist. There's one in the States. There's probably one in every country. So his teachings to this day are still, his sex magic is still being pushed through. Thank God. It's crazy. It's gross. So 
How does this tie into pedophilia? I hear about that a lot. Aleister Crowley and pedophilia. That's a good question. Do you know? Um, I didn't go down the well, rabbit hole that far. What Basically, what I read is because, um, like you said, lots of this is uh, sex magic and stuff. Uh, um, one of the ones uh, of a child... I can't remember what it's which where I read it where I have it in my thing, but it basically says that like um, I think it's in the book of magic and theology in like chapter seven. Now I can't find my notes, so I'm just going by memory. But it says that uh, a male boy is the best, a small male child is the best. Uh, I like I heard that was for the actual sacrifice. Like, yeah, but they they also refer to. What I've read is that sacrifice doesn't necessarily mean to like kill them, but it also means to like you're sacrificing their body and like their and their like innocence Ugh. as like a form of like magical uh, right. And then it goes back to like it goes back to it says you think you can these sex acts can focus a magician's will onto specific goals such as financial gain and personal creative success. You just like, you hear a lot of these, like these high powered, like high powered, uh, Hollywood, like pedophilia rings. And like, there was that pizza gate a while ago with like all the political things. Pizza gates fucking a crazy thing. We have to do a case file on it. Yeah. Okay. What? Okay. What? I didn't, I didn't fall down the Pizzagate rabbit hole because I was reading about the Hollywood one. What's the Pizzagate one? I just know it had something to do with Hillary Clinton's released emails. Well, it's a, it's a, actually a, it's a good conspiracy case file. But a quick summary is through like those leaked Podesta emails between from like John Podesta to Hillary Clinton. There was a lot of like slang and like code words used. That didn't make sense for what, like, just if you were to email someone, they're definitely code words for something. It was like, fucking, meet us at the pizza parlor at 10 a.m. There's going to be lots of fucking we're gonna have an slices all, of pizza. We're going to have a lot. We're going to have, like, a cheese pizza and an yeah. all-meat pizza. And they're supposed to, like, mean, like, little girl, little boy, and, like, all these weird things. And it's, like, straight from the FBI websites, like, that's what, what they, the terms they use for, like, pedophilia. Like, all on, like, the dark web, they'll, like, use these codes. So these codes came up in the emails and people are like, well, what the fuck are these? And there's like, oh, they're nothing. They're nothing. That's just how we talk. You're like, what the fuck? And like some of these places like this comment, there's this place called comment ping pong. And it had one of these symbols or pedophilia in the logo of the place. And sur- shortly after Pizzagate, they changed it. But in that place, there was like pictures of like half naked children, like 10 or younger in the pizza parlor. And this is like a kid's pizza parlor where people have their birthday parties and shit. And at John Podesta's house, there's all these weird pedophilia style like art. Like, you look, they look like children statues, like spread eagle or like looking backwards or like intertwined or bound up and all this weird shit. So there's a lot of weird shit with that one, man. That one. And with all the recent like pedophilia busts around the world, you got to wonder how how high up that well, and then, that chain goes. And then it makes you think that are they practicing some like some weird like sex magic. Yeah. Like I wouldn't right? be, su- like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're practicing some type of like accelerated version of what Crowley started. Like the order kept going Like Crowley died. Right. But obviously it's been like 70 years since he died. Well, he had so many fault. Like 
L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons used to practice Crowley's shit. Jack Parsons was the rocket guy, right? Yeah. He was part of the... JPL. F- yeah. Yeah. There, he could even do it just a podcast on him. Yeah, there's some good stuff. All that, like, he, they say he blew himself up getting into alchemy and stuff like that. Like, pretty fucking cool. Yes, yeah. So that's where... Cra- Crowley's like a, a starting point to like 400 different rabbit holes you can that's, just go. Oh, it's crazy. Anyways, I, yeah, got, the, I got lost where the, we were. Uh, we were talking about his sex magic, and then we kind of got into the pedophilia rings of this age, right? But yeah, like he, yeah, he in that in that book, like magic and theology, like he outlines like how to, like how to try to bring about like spirits and um, a weird, and he talks about the sacrificial circles. And getting different animals for different uses, and like depending what you want to do with them. Um, and this this is all in this book, uh, magic. I think it's called Magic and Theology. Um, and he talks about like using a virgin goat in some forms, but the most powerful is uh, um, that of a child. I'm not saying they had to kill a child, but it does say the blood of a child is the most powerful. Um, and like he he really tried to uh like well maybe he did but he like was very big on like trying to call demons and spirits and that's what, that's where that's where we're going next yeah so you have like 40 pages of notes there on this i think handwritten handwritten notes i went down the rabbit hole man i could he went down so, all right let's hear it so are you stemming from his ritual of that abramelum yeah that's well so i'm what i have is just like a little brief synopsis of it and then how it ties to one of the most famous guitar players in the history of rock and roll i love it i love it too so much so you're talking about his like his place in london where he did uh, a six-month ritual it was in scotland scotland sorry right. okay so let's yeah. hear okay let's start it off okay well and then you can go into detail about abramelum after if you want but there's not a lot of detail it's pretty short so so, Abramelin, what's Amarillin, you ask? See, I got a nice big question mark there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Abramelin, the book of the sacred magic of Abramelin the mage. So, basically, it was a story of a Jew named Aber, uh, Abraham of Worms, and he was passing his magic and uh, Kabbalistic secrets onto his son. And this is what this book spoke, right? Yeah. And... Uh, Abraham the Jew learned all this secrets, uh, magic and stuff like that from a mage named Abramelin that was living outside the desert, just just outside the Nile in Egypt. Right. Okay. So basically, this this mage, Abramelin, supposedly made Abraham swear an oath that he was going to serve and fear the God, the God that this whole Abramelin religion is based on, and he was going to live and uh, live and die by his law. In exchange for doing that, Abramelin gave Abraham the secrets to the divine science and the true magic embedded in these two manuscripts. Okay. And then, so this whole book goes through how you bring out that divine science. So these manuscripts are from like, from how long ago? Oh, fuck. Because they, they weren't, they were rediscovered in like the 1400s or yeah, something, right? This, this, is, this is like ancient Egypt stuff, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say ancient Egypt. I'd say... Because it wasn't until the 19th century where they actually re like translate them to, to like 
a good copy it wasn't of English. Until the 1400s, yeah. Where they actually, or sorry, the 1400s, where yeah. they actually translated it back to English, yeah. right? So this is, so uh, yeah, I guess you could say ancient Egypt. Because I couldn't actually find where, like what date, like when it was actually. Yeah, try and find that. But it, so in these manuscripts, it described a ritual. Uh, and the purpose of that ritual is to, in, to, is to obtain uh, knowledge and a conversation with this figure that they called, um, the best translation was a magical guardian angel. And the preparations for this this ritual apparently are so so fucking insane that no one was able to successfully do it They're other so, than this yeah, Abraham be so guy. dedicated right? crazy dedicated right yeah. so it, you know what I mean it 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 had been bucket it hadn't been done since this Abraham guy had done it and of course Crowley stumbles upon this book of Abramelin and this is right after he decided to fuck either get kicked out or. After the Golden Dawn. After the Golden Dawn. Yeah. And he states, he's like, this is fucking foo-foo magic. I want real shit. I want shit. some real shit. And he, he was stated saying that I'll do whatever it takes to get this. And Abramelin was like some serious dark magic, right? And he was willing to go do whatever cost. So sacrificing or banging little dudes, I don't know. He was willing to do whatever it takes. He was committed. So he's so committed to pulling this ritual off that he took that money that he his inheritance from his father right and purchased this real isolated property this house just to perform this this ritual and it was located in uh loch ness in scotland so cool right and it, and it was called the boliskine house okay and uh, i got some more information on this boliskine house in a bit someone bought that house later in the future yeah. didn't they well i got even more though like oh, nice. what, what happened before fucking Buddy hey you just keep going man you so, use those notes so now he buys this house, he gets fucking, he gets, he gets everything dialed in. And as we know now that you, you've seen, you've seen, um, uh, Crowley bounce from like religion to religion or group to group, right. To find his own way. And he kind of bounces all over the map. So he, he put some solid time into this, but lo and behold, it was too tiresome and exhausting for him. Right. He didn't finish. So he didn't finish. And it said in this book, first of all, the first thing it says in this, the, the manuscripts is do not do this. Right. It says, do not do this. And it says, if you do this incorrectly, you're opening, you know, yourself up to and whatever the, the world to evil spirits and demons. And if you do you're not close this properly, you're opening yourself up to possession. You're thinning the veil. Totally. So there we go. Boom. Case closed. He takes off from this uh, Bolskin house. Didn't work. He taps out. Did it say how long he did it for? I think it was six months. No, it was supposed to be six month ritual. Yeah, I think he attempted it for six months, but he didn't get through six months no, though. No, he couldn't do it. Yeah. So now you heard me talking about a famous rock and roll star. So cue Jimmy Page. Jimmy. If you don't know who Jimmy Page is, then fuck you. Look it up. Grow up. You should probably figure it out. I just listened to Led Zeppelin Four today on the way home from work. Actually, Greatest, that's arguably the best album ever made. It's got to be in the top ten. Well, I'd, yeah, it's top definitely fucking, top ten. I'd say top three. Well, rock albums for rock sure. Rock albums ever made. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So Jimmy Page, founder of Led Zeppelin, lead guitar, badass dude. So Jimmy Page was known for being obsessed with the occult at a young age. 15 years old, took to Aleister Crowley's books, uh, reading his diaries, all that kind of stuff, and got really into it. Um, uh, and then so right at the beginning of Led Zeppelin, Right? This is before they're even famous. According to Richard Cole, which who's their uh, road manager, he overheard 
Jimmy on that like at, at the end of a fucking like drug and infu- drug fueled alcohol fucking crazy party. Like this is right when they're starting to play, so they're still fucking living the you know getting into all the rock star bullshit. Right, they're loving it. He heard him get he's wasted high. He heard him confess to these groupies that were you know what I mean, kind of into the occult they were saying, and he he's kind of standing in the background and listening to them talk. He heard that uh, everyone in the band except John Paul Jones who was the bassist had done the secret ritual selling their souls to the devil in exchange to become the greatest rock and rock and roll band of all time. It's awesome. Now when this was brought up to him, right? Cause he, he overheard it and the manager brought it up to them. You know what I mean? Cause he's like, Oh, I heard you guys talking about this. Like what, you know what I mean? It's pretty fucked up. Like, you know, give me some more information on this. Jimmy went into a fucking crazy fit of rage and fucking fired him. And was like, if anybody, else, if anybody else wants to bring that up, you're fucking gone. It's crazy. Right? Okay. So let's go to 1971. Or fast track 1971. Led Zeppelin's, I think 90, 1971 would have been right after Led Zeppelin 3 came out. Okay. So between. Led Zeppelin 1 was 67? Yeah. 66. 67. So know. right after Led Zeppelin 3 comes out. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Jimmy Page obsessed with the occult and Aleister Crowley buys the Bolskin house. Okay. This Bolskin house was built on the same property. So even before fucking Crowley bought it, it was built on the same property that there was a church and the church caught fire and the entire congregation burnt alive in that fucking house. Wait, say that again. The fucking house. What? That's why. That's why Crowley bought this house. Like, not only was it fucking secluded, but he, you know what I mean. It, it was right beside a graveyard, and that graveyard was filled with all the fucking people that burnt alive in that church. The entire congregation burnt alive in the church. So it was before Crowley bought it. Before Crowley bought it. Holy fuck! Right. That's insane. Nice try. Nice try and flip I those try. pages without crinkling. Yeah, I try. I'm it's all bad. good. People know you're trying if you're actually flipping real pages. So like I was saying, Page bought this house right after Zeppelin 3, right? Zeppelin 3. Yeah. So him and Plant actually did a lot of the fucking writing for Zeppelin 4 in that house. That's why it's so good. Okay. One day, Robert Plant said that Jimmy started playing this, started playing this music, these riffs that he'd never heard before. And he can't fucking explain it. But he just started met like he did the word he wasn't even thinking he was just writing, just and came the pouring word, out the words to Stairway to Heaven just came pouring out of him. Oh, so okay. creepy! Man. I got shivers. And like, and like okay, so you know, just just quick <clears throat> side note here, Stairway. You know, like everybody knows Stairway to Heaven. You play backwards, right? Oh, some of the words makes some it of, even weirder. Some of the things that you when you play backwards of a fucking Stairway to Heaven is so. Here's to my sweet Satan. We'll give him those with 666. Okay, that's just some of the shit. So, Page produces Led Zeppelin 4 himself, or Zeppelin 4. Self-titled. It's not even, we call it Zeppelin 4, but it's not. It's it's untitled, right? It was just the fourth one called yeah. Led Zeppelin, right? and it was just, yeah. Exactly. The cover is a variation of the tarot card, The Hermit. And the inside cover has each member represented by symbols. Okay, and those everybody each member picked their own symbols. Do you guys know what? Jimmy's, I know what you're talking about. Jimmy picked the symbol of Zozo. Yeah. 
And he's never, he refused, the only person that knows why he picked that is, is Robert Plant and Robert Plant hasn't told anybody. He won't explain why he picked Zozo. To this day? To this day. Hasn't told anybody. So, it said that, so Paige had lots of friends and family and stuff like stay with him in this bullskin manner. Okay. And everybody knows Jimmy, he embraced the occult and he had number, he had a number of guests come over and stay over with him. And uh, one of his childhood friends, Malcolm Dent said, people that stayed in this house would just randomly wake up between 2.30 and 3 in the morning feeling strange and having like crazy ass headaches and people would have to leave. Okay. And we're like three o'clock's the haunting hour. Right. And this is the same house that fucking Crowley opened up that fucking. Well, he was, he was supposed to perform the ritual at three in the morning. Yeah. And he right? never, he never closed, never closed it. it. He never closed it. And in 1975, Paige believed that a headless man was haunting the Bolskin house. So he called his friend, Kenneth Anger. So anybody, do you guys know who Kenneth Anger is? The name sounds really familiar. He was this old school, like he's an underground filmmaker and one of the founding members of the Church of Satan. Really? So he called him to help perform a fucking exorcism. In exchange... A demonic exorcism? Like a satanic exorcism? I, I don't know. I, at this time, I don't know if he was part of the church, uh, the church of Satan, but... Right. So in exchange... So he's an underground filmmaker, right? So in, ex- in exchange for do, doing this exorcism, Paige agreed to, to score his film, Lucifer's Rising. Okay. Now, fucking Lucifer's Rising began in production in 1967, but was plagued by tragedy. While filming oh, yeah. this movie, a five-year-old boy who was supposed to be playing Lucifer's child leapt from his apartment to his death. Okay. Five-year-old kid. Bobby Beausoleil, cast to play Lucifer's, the teen Lucifer, joined the Manson family and murdered a school teacher. Oh, fuck. In 1967, while editing this film which so i don't know if this was i'm, I'm trying to figure out i was doing trying to do some research and it says they were editing the film at bullskin manor and then another one said it was done at some type of like mill mill manor or something like that so i don't know if this was actually edited right. it's not really that important but anyways so while editing it in, in 60 or 76 page finally finished it finally finished the score for this right kenneth anger listens to it and it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is way, 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 way too fucking morbid and fucked. Like, we can't use this. This isn't what I asked you for at all. Right? And so he, he shits all over it. Paige is in a fucking fitter age, kicks him out of his house, and keeps the film. Says, fuck you, beat it, kick rocks, right? This fucking... And then this time, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Anger is all in the Church of Satan now. He's a known fucking weirdo. He publicly puts a curse on Jimmy Page. Okay, publicly puts a a curse on Jimmy Page. Says, admits it, yeah, I cursed him, I cursed, whatever. So then, boom. While on tour in 1977, they returned in the States. That's the shirt. That's that shirt. Yeah. So in 1977, Robert Plant receives word that his five-year-old son died suddenly of a mysterious virus. 1980, John Bonham, drummer for Led Zeppelin, dies of emesis asphyxiation. Choked on his own puke, right? Choked on his own puke. Fearing these events were caused by this curse, Jimmy Page goes into a crazy fucking heroin addiction, spiral downhill. Zeppelin breaks up. Crazy. Fucked, eh? And there's so much, like, I, I left out a lot of stuff, but, like, you look at all their albums, there's 
like that. There's a cult sim- symbolism in all of them. All of them. All of them. Like, I, what's the album with all the kids climbing up the fucking hill? And then there's one guy, there's one person standing there holding up a child. And that's supposed to, like, that's their sacrifice of this child to be fucking rock stars. Like, it, it's it's crazy, man. And it, yeah, and it all goes back to Aleister Crowley saying you can make these sacrifices for fame and personal success, creative success. Well, Paige was into Crowley since he, like, as far back as they dated, as he was, <clears throat> as he was like, 14, 15 years old. Man. Well, Paige, Crowley was dead before Paige was born, probably, yeah. right? No, but they, like, he was into it. Like, he was that's, but yeah, that's what I'm saying, but, like... like he, he also, yeah. like, he, he opened up a bookstore in London called The Equinox, which was at title after one of um, uh, Crowley's One books. of his books? Yeah, you know what I mean? And that was the only place you could find Crowley's books. And they say he opened it just because he couldn't find these books anywhere. You know what I mean? He wanted his own oh, personal it's so library. crazy. Like fucking crazy shit like that. Man, it's so weird because then even in um, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band, the album cover there, yep. they have, it's the Beatles and then who they said is all their influence and people they look up to. Top left corner is Aleister Crowley. Crowley. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? At the time, the biggest band in the world, right? And then they have Aleister Crowley, this like... I'd say I'd say the Beatles and the Beatles and the Stones definitely dominated the 60s. Yeah, definitely more more oh, so 100%. the Beatles. But 70s was Zeppelin, man. Zeppelin, the 70s, Zeppelin was the biggest rock band of all time. Just fuck it, you couldn't touch them. Like, like for a band like a band like they were like a four piece, just a four piece rock band with create like they're insane. Totally. Man. Okay, so let's say this. So let's say. Let's say that's a curse, okay? Um, I'm just say the Beatles, all the members of the Beatles sell their soul to the devil to have the greatest rock band and the ba- greatest band in the world, right? So they sell their soul, and then you know how they always say it's like, oh, well, you don't have ties, well, or you don't have um, like the devil plays tricks. You don't, you never get what you exactly you you ask for. There's always some kind of trick to it. So then the Beatles get that, they get that. And then Jimmy Page comes along, they do this, and now they're the biggest band in the world, right? Now they've taken over. So essentially, like, more more people can sell their souls to become that. But it never says for how long or how long you're going to be able, like be the best band in the world for, you know what I mean? So, well, it's a 10-year deal. You ever well, watch Supernatural? Yeah. Well, and you know yeah. what else is pretty <laughs> fucking, like, when you think about it, like, okay, so the Beatles... Could have apparently done the same thing, right? Sell their soul. And, like, look how it's come back to fucking haunt them. Like, there's the two surviving members. And they don't even own the fucking music anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they don't own the music. Michael Jackson bought the rights yeah, to all their so music. Crazy. Like, yeah, you're the biggest. You're the, one of the biggest bands in the world. You don't even own that music anymore. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, it, it it's like you can't even, you can't make that up. Like, of course they're being punished. You know what I mean? Like it's it's ah, oh, it's crazy. They probably stopped doing the blood magic or whatever they're fucking. So, so what, like, when you sell your soul to the devil, what do you do? What's this? What's the ritual? Because I want to do it. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I got, hey, I'll send you a co- I'll send you a cookie in the mail. You just hey, eat it. <laughs> I got an. I got the bands in four four cities. They're all within one hour. That's pretty good. But that's nowhere near what I what you got to do to sell your soul to, to become famous. 
But maybe it's not even selling your soul. Maybe it's just doing this blood magic, right? So, well, maybe not even the blood magic. Maybe it's maybe it's this ritual that Crowley did. Maybe Zeppelin did it. Maybe they maybe maybe Paige did the ritual between the Yardbirds and Zeppelin. He's like six months. I'm fucking doing the ritual, and at the end of it, his guardian angel or the devil, whoever what like whoever the ritual ritual is supposed to summon. Who's the who's the first band? Like I'm I'm trying to think like. Who's is it Robert Johnson was the first guy to, that they said sold, sold his soul? I have no idea. Do you, like you know Robert Johnson, right? The old blues yeah, yeah, musician yeah, yeah. that sold sold the crossroads. I've I've, I've watched a I've watched a documentary on that before. Yeah, Sonic. but I don't know if he's the first. I mean, he was fucking Mozart or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you never know. And these old guys are just like all of a sudden wrote these crazy symphonies on like in their minds. They're like, yep, yeah, that's it. Well, that's what they, like, in the Bible, it says, like, that's the way to the devils with fucking music, and you know what I mean? And, like, you look at the logo, and it's like, okay, oh, it's Icarus. He flew too close to the sun. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's a, all you know is that this is a fallen angel, or it's Icarus. And who's who's the most famous angel that fell from fucking heaven? Lucifer. Exactly. Is this Icarus, or is this fucking Lucifer? You know what, the coolest theory I've ever heard on the Bible is, like, the greatest lie ever told was that Lucifer who fell from heaven was really God and God is really the devil and God has just tricked everyone into thinking that he is the man. So God, so God like he wrote the, say he, he has to do with the Bible and all this shit. He has tricked everyone. He overthrew the, the overthrew God. This is, this I've seen this video before. If you think about it, if God is the nicest, if like the greatest being ever lived, right? And he's supposed to be all knowing and all powerful, but let's just, people suffer and his creations suffer and like just death and destruction all over the world. I've heard the theory before that God was overthrown and Lucifer was the enlightened one. Like he was tossed out of heaven and really God was the devil. He's fucking blue. And he has flipped. Imagine that the greatest lie ever told is that God was overthrown back. Whoever knows whenever the, the origin of religion started. And that was like a real like entity, like an interdimensional being or something. And he was ousted. But what the new God did, the devil, let's say the evil who took over the spot, just continued on like he was still the same person. Let everyone believe like, your children are dying. It's okay. Like, that's just part of my will. But he was really like, su- is like harvesting their souls and like oh, just fuck. being completely savage. Everyone's he, like, oh, he, he just loves us so much. He's he probably just... all about do do what thou will or whatever. The and fuck. Lucifer That's was and crazy. Lucifer was like he was the enlightened one. He was the light bringer, right? He was the god, and he was overthrown. He's like, and he was just immortalized. Like that guy, he's the devil. And I was like, fuck you. He's like, no, was it no? That's and really it was crazy, it really was God the whole man. time. That's a really good theory. I would love. I want to deep into. I want to dive into that deep. That's fucking. It's, wild. it's a really cool. We'll have a fucking talk about one time because that's wild. I, I went down the rabbit hole one time because it makes it makes perfect sense. Like if you think of the, all the war and death and destruction in the world, what kind of loving God would let His creations, which He made in His own image, supposedly, do that to themselves? Well, how well? Like, I don't. What well, it's crazy to if, me. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Taking the fucking, this parent evil, evil angel or whatever, you know, and, and sending him to earth. Like, of course that's going to fucking do nothing but bad. Like why, you know what I mean? Like maybe the whole, maybe it's Jesus. Jesus walked to earth. Maybe that's who it was. Maybe that was the devil walking around without his wings. That's what I'm saying. And it was, that's crazy. And this was actually, this was like on the, it was a Luciferian guy saying this. He's like, listen, I'm a, I'm a Luciferian. I go by this, but let me tell you why I believe this. I'm not a bad person, but let me tie. And then he went down this rabbit hole. And he's like, you're like, 
kind of makes sense. Holy <laughs> fuck. That's wild. Man. It's a crazy theory, eh? Holy shit. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe that, fucking. Maybe I want to look into that more. That's cool. So Me ma- too. So maybe Let's Zep- do a case file on that. Yeah. yeah I'm down. It's pretty cool. Well, we could just do a case file on just religion in general, I guess, and just go around. But Crowley. Crowley's just an offshoot of the occult, really, especially of modern occultism, right? All the occult symbolism and all the, like in Hollywood and well, like a lot, a lot in American, like American currency and American politics and like all like the, the Latin words, all like, it's all like Freemasonry, secret, secret societies, probably something to do with Crowley in there somewhere. So I don't know. He's just like, he, he got what he wanted in the end, right? He actually died. Crowley died alone and a heroin addict. Yeah. Poor living. But all he wanted was to be famous and change the world. And a hundred years later, he's doing it right. Like his teeth, not maybe not necessarily his teachings, but his ideas are now coming to light now. Right. In the last like 30, 40 years, people are like more sexually expressive. People don't get married that much. People are less religious. Right, people are like going that direction, the direction he wanted, but it was a hundred years early. What he when he was talking about it, he's like kind of like te- his time. he's kind of like Tesla of like of his. He's got links to Tesla right? too. Does he? Yeah. You got you got some more fucking knowledge you want to drop? I got well, this one's. Pr- I like it. It's really fucking cool. I actually read this book, but it's a reach. We like reaches. Okay, so yeah. throughout the nineteen twenties and thirties, London was plagued by the mythical curse of Tutankhamun. As most of you guys already know, Tutankhamun was an Egyptian pharaoh of the 18th dynasty. He's you know, like, properly known as King Tut, the yep. boy king, right? So King Tut's tomb was uncovered by British archaeologist Howard Carter. More than 20 people linked to opening of King Tut's burial chamber were killed over, you know, the 20s and 30s. So Tr- 20 trying, people. Trying to ex- excavate it. Yeah, so 20 people, Okay. How Crowley ties into this, okay? After extensive research, research, research into Alistair Crowley's private diaries, books, essays, uh, historian Mark Benyon argues that the curse was actually ritualistic killing done by none other than Alistair Crowley. What? So no curse, just Alistair Crowley, ritual killings. He states that Crowley was a Jack the Ripper obsessed copycat killer. So how does that link to Carter's legendary discovery, right? Crowley believed himself to be a prophet of the ancient Egyptian god Horus. Crowley's religion, philosophy, and life's work, Thelmia, were drawn from ancient Egyptian religion. It's likely that Crowley found the excavation of King Tut's burial chambers sacrilegious and he wanted revenge. Crowley can be linked to at least seven of these deaths, six which took place in London. Okay, so now I got these six people, seven people that died and how he links to them. Crazy. Okay. February 16th, 1923, Raoul Loveday died the same day and the exact same hour as the opening of the barrel chamber. He died after drinking blood of a sacrificed cat during one of Crowley's rituals. And it's believed that rich, that uh, Crowley poisoned him himself, his, himself. July 10th, 1923. Prince Ali, fabulous. He, Ali Ababa. <laughs> Strongest 10 regular men, definitely. He cased he Oh, how do you do it? He faced the galloping hordes. A hundred bad guys with swords. 
That's all I got. Okay. What? That's so, from Aladdin, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prince Ali Kamel Fami Bey was shot dead by his wife in London's Savory Hotel shortly after he was photographed visiting the tomb. His wife was a known follower of Aleister Crowley and one of his lovers. All right. September 23rd, 1923, Aubrey Herbert died of complications from a routine dental operation at his private home. He had just returned from visiting the tomb. This was just days after Prince Ali's wife was acquitted from that murder. So just within days of her getting set free. Okay. And she's like, she's having an ongoing affair with Crowley at the time. Okay. November 15th, 29. So a little bit of gap here. Captain Richard Bethel was Howard Carter, the guy who excavated the tomb's personal secretary. Bethel was smothered in his sleep at the Mayfair's exclusive bath club where Crowley was staying as a guest of novelist W. Somerset Murhaw. So Crowley was at that fucking place at the exact same time staying. Right. Okay. February 20th, 30, year later, Lord Westbury Bethel, the captain's father, he was thrown off his seventh floor balcony. Westbury had numerous artifacts that was given to him by his son from the tomb, and they were all missing after this. Okay. February 24th, 1930, Edgar Steele died of complications from a minor stomach operation. Steele was in charge of the tomb at London's British Museum. Okay. Okay. November 23rd, 1934, Ernest Wallace Budge, former head of the museum Egyptian Antiquities, and he was a fellow occultist and friend of Crowley. He was also found smothered in his bed. Okay. So these are all people that had ties to... The tomb of Tutankhamun. To the artifacts of that Tutankhamun. Were all, that are all tied into this curse, right? Right. That were all killed the same time that Crowley was in London. Okay? So, correlates every time that Crowley was in London, one of these people died. So, in Crowley's diaries, the day after each one of these murders, it was said that he felt uplifted and relieved. Okay? Oh, wow. He was obsessed with Jack the Ripper and often socialized with uh, Jack the Ripper suspect, Walter Seckert. And just a quick add point, the maid who he lost his virginity to, his mother's maid, is is believed to have been a victim of Jack the Ripper. I did hear that, yeah. Okay, that's fucking spooky. Now here's more Jack shit. Crowley wrote in his diaries that the nineteen or the 1888 Whitechapel murders formed a pentagram. Okay? He was the first person to come ah. up with that. Five of these murders, the five of these first murders form the shape of a pentagram get out yeah well but aren't there aren't they in different parts of the world no they're these ones were all done in london though oh so the murders were all in london not all not all of them some of them died in egypt as well and you know what i mean but the the ones i'm reading to are all the ones that were done in london the same time crowley well crowley's in london all the people associated with tutankhamun's artifacts all died and the suspiciously too and the death's map a pentagram yeah and five of them mapped a pentagram. Now, Crowley wrote in his diaries that he personally believed that each one of Jack's murders gave him special powers, including invisibility. Crowley wrote in his journal later, after three or four of these killings, that he recently acquired the ability to become invisible. Right? So he says, he, he, he hypothesized that Jack the Ripper gained special powers with each murder. 
And later in his journal, he says, I had just acquired the ability to become invisible. Right? But he famously tested his invisibility as he walked through the uh, London Royal Cafe dressed in that weird mustard coat that he wears that you see all those pictures. Yeah. And he had a big occultist symbol on him and he walked through this really famous London cafe. And I guess everybody, everybody knew who he was, right? So they were all fucking too freaked out and pretended like they didn't see him. So he actually thought he was invisible. But that, uh, that could be saying, maybe not saying like invisibility as like I can make myself not seen, but maybe he was talking about I'm invisible in the sense that he's this monster doing these things and yet he can walk around in the day and that's invisible to everyone. Well, yeah, maybe, but he, he, he actually says in his fucking diaries that he believes he actually has the power to become invisible. Interesting. And he actually writes how he tested it and how it actually worked. And it's like, it's wrote like people, it was in the papers, like people witnessed fucking local evilest man alive or whatever. Alistair Crowley walking through London fucking square or whatever. Right. So it's like noted that he actually dressed in, a, this. dressed in a mustard cape. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's like you know what it's it's a reach, but there's some a lot of fucking. It's odd, definitely, yeah, right? man. The the last part of Alistair Crowley I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, one thing we hadn't touched on yet. He was a yoga master. Right. Yeah, I think uh, he was actually. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book called "The Eight Lectures on Yoga." And um, it's believed that he helped kind of bring yoga to the West, but he's distorted the practice of yoga that's practiced in the West. And uh, I read this thing that you do all these the, these weird hand signals and that's not um, authentic with the original, but that's like Crowley's distortions of the teachings. I knew and it was evil. Like, I fucking knew yoga was evil. Yeah. And then it's I fucking like, I hate it. It's horrible. It brings, uh, it brings, um, it's, it makes you beacons of, uh, mental harm, megalomania, destructive rage, power mongering. So that's why, uh, that's why bitches be crazy. Yeah. It makes sense. Physical disease. And it, it just says like, uh, his practice and he's, he's kind of distorted this and turned, people into these beacons for this negativity i can't uh, wait now i fucking finally have an excuse to be like no i'm not going to yoga this is why yeah Eat yeah it. it's, it's evil suck it it's funny because my mom always said yoga's evil she's like i can't do yoga it's evil it's against god <laughs> like the greatest benefit for your body in the world <laughs> yeah yes. well it's fucking well so at what says expense you, at what crowley expense? lover o yeah. opening up your mind to evil entities yeah mm -hmm. like lamb Buddy, I've I've done the fucking I've done it with you. No I've done the that. fucking uh, I know Lamb. That's Lisa Lamb. That's right. No, that's no, the, that's the alien that tied. Yeah, Lisa man. Lamb. Yeah, I remember that. Don't case. Okay. This is the last. This is the last thing I wanted to touch on. I remember so when that. Crowley was in New York, um, he did this fucking ritual. Fuck, what was it called? I lost it here. He did a ritual called the Amalantra working, which is a, a theorized a theorized process that to deliberately open the channel to the ephemeral cosmic influence so extra extra dimensional entities could enter our universe and when he did it supposedly he made contact with an entity entity known as lamb which we said back in case file fucking what was it case file nine something like that 
and he drew a picture of what he thought what like he channeled through him it's like a short gray right it's like a fucking short gray it's got a little gray alien with a giant head it doesn't really have the almond eyes it kind of has like he drew it with like kind of eyebrows and a cloak but it has the big bulbous head kind of like almond shaped but doesn't have the big black eyes but supposedly he made contact with this entity and he opened up a inter- interdimensional rift between our dimension and another one. And that's, I guess, where supposedly some of these ETs came from. Well, that's crazy. Well, and if you think about, like, that's 1918. He drew this picture. One might argue that that is the first picture of a short be, gray. It could be. The first draw, like, first, like, drawn picture, definitely. Yeah. That's crazy. Man, he's just got... He's got loads of shit, man. Buddy, we him. didn't even touch the surface. Like, we didn't. so much more shit. You, it's like another one of those topics where you could start a podcast called the Crowley Podcast and have 100 episodes and just do a different thing for an hour and a half each time. You could you could literally start with him, talk about one aspect of his life, and then just talk about how it's affected and where it's still seen today. Yep, 100%. But that's all I got. I've, I'm on that stupid thing where you guys got daylight saving times but i didn't so it's actually 10 o'clock here oh so you want to wrap it up yeah we're like, yeah. we're going for a while there it's pretty good i gotta go to bed and i got terrible news my garage band stopped recording at 48 minutes i knew it would fuck up garage band so and i i wasn't that checking mean? it doesn't mean anything well, nothing, i was just nothing. gonna i was gonna use your recording <laughs> instead of the skype recording so it would sound better but it doesn't i thought you're gonna say that you uh you your garage band broke up i was gonna, i didn't even know you're in a garage band that's awesome yeah. What's the name of your garage band? Uh, the Circle of Jerks. Is that fucking... <laughs> do you just... Is that lady from the fucking Meat Draw that sings Raise a Little Hell? Is she your lead singer or what? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Nice. I play drums. Perfect. I've got one of... Uh, I, I got one of the one of the Purple Wizards to uh, be my drummer. Purple Wizards! You broke up the Purple, Purple Wizards. Wizard. You broke up the Purple Wizards. Yeah, well... You son of a bitch. Yeah. No, um, that's a, I, like, I like talking about that kind of shit. Yeah, it was awesome. It just it opened up a whole fucking can. And uh, I really want to talk about religion now and go down that. I totally do that, too. That blew my mind. I would love to do that. I one. think like we got, we got religion. I want to do more like occult symbolism in like modern society. And what we're gonna have on so our our newest uh, guest announcement. He's not finalized yet, but he said he'd do it. I talked to him firsthand. Greg Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats. Probably the yeah. it's probably the best interview style conspiracy show out there. He always has a new guest on every episode, talking about a whole plethora of topics. I think he's going to come on. We're going to talk about occult symbolism in oh. modern society sometime in the next month or two. So we got him. Raven's still coming, guys. He's a he's a famous athlete, so he's uh, a busy guy. He's a busy guy. Yeah, he's a busy guy. We tried to have him on last time. Braden was in town, but it didn't work out. So that's coming. We'll probably do it when Braden's here next. Ooh, back actually, in, that's a good idea. Back in December. Yeah. Or in December, Brains. um, prolapser or my uh, Braden's um, just say it social media person of the week. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I get the it. fucking peanut butter in your mouth and say it. Um, is uh, Miranda Medina, yeah, she said that I'm her favorite, that's why uh, I picked her this week. That's that's if you say Braden's your favorite, you will get on the air. That's what he just Pretty told much. you. Um, she's a Canucks fan. Not a girl. So, we're uh, she was snapping some Canucks scores with me, and 
overall good person. Always, I love the Snapchats. Always send Snapchats. Um, someone sent me like a honestly like a half hour one of their kid. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the name here. Care Bear. Um, and her kid was talking about seeing these three giant men in the forest wearing suits with red ties. One was bald, two had long hair, but they were giants. And her mom's like, why, why didn't you say anything to us? She's like, I was scared. And I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. That's crazy. It's just a weird story. But she like sent me a Snapchat of her talking to her daughter. Don't let your um, kids go in the woods alone. No, fuck Never. That, no, it's fucked. A lot of times they don't um, come back. No. And then I don't, I, that's it. That's it from Kay. any. Uh, I've been a little slacking on Zell's prolapsers of the week. So I got, uh, I think I'm going to do three here. Maybe four. We got Rich O'Brien and Justin Milbank. These guys are huge fans from California. And Rich had this, he had a funny uh, laser bullet story like you had on the last case file. He was, he'd be like, damn, man. I thought it'd be cool if there was pet condiments, like pet mustard and ketchup and shit. And then a few weeks later, he, I guess he searched for it. And then a few weeks later, he searched again. And then it was there. Now there's fucking Bark, 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 BQ, Mutstard, and Petchup. That's fucking awesome. And Jason Milbake, he is a he's a fucking beauty too. Those those two guys have been just loving the show for the last six six months or something. And then we have Jonathan. Oh, his name is too long to show up. Jonathan Ma. What the fuck? Sorry, buddy. You know who you are. You know who you are. Jonathan Munn something. He has sent us a haunted Ouija board, but it's not a Ouija board. It's called Deadlines. And it is a inspiration through visitation, some type of new Ouija board. And he's, there's some insane stories attached to it. So can't wait to play that. I'm sick that day. Andrew's not coming because I think Andrew fucking knocks off the fucking entities because he's yeah, you too scared. You insist on me fucking being there. So yeah, well, next time you're not coming. Perfect. And then um, we, we have, I got one more. I got, I got to say one more here. Well, I got to fucking pull it up real quick. He is Kyle Jones, our newest top tier Patreon supporter. Oh, I just oh. dropped the phone too. But if on the last episode we had uh, Jubaka. Jubaka, huge success. I love Jubaka. Yeah, he's a he's a beauty. He's he's supporting the show top tier. Uh, so we're gonna have right like originally what I wanted to do for our top tier is what you get your own segment where you just like you record your own 10, 15 minute segment and we put it on the show because we can't have people on every every time. But now what we're gonna do if you're a top tier supporter, you get to come on the show for. You got to come on theorize with us for one case file. And after that, then we'll try and work with you other ways because we just can't have people on every episode. And originally I had it at 10, but I think I'm going to drop it down to five. So there's going to be one more spot because we just can't do that many. And um, you want to read some reviews, Brayden? Yeah. Let's do it. Great source for research. Ivanovic, six. Love you guys. Even though I don't drink beer or hang out with dudes, <laughs> listening to you guys makes me feel like I'm hanging out with my buddies, and it's awesome. Keep that concept. I don't have to do too much research. Thankfully, Mr. Conspiracy has that covered. <laughs> Funny. And then I got F. Yeah from Elok Sereklov. A great, I'm going to do that one. I imagine he's Russian. Um, hold on. Let me think about how I would speak in Russian. <laughs> good, good luck. Uh, as long as it's not like your Asian one, we're good. 
A great show to Borat. It's a it's great show to crack beer to. I'm going to uh, pawn the run for Halloween. Uh, keep uh, the prolapsing. Okay. That's it. That was just great. That was fucking mint, man. Absolutely amazing. Okay, I got one. We haven't I, we haven't read we haven't read a lot, so we'll we'll read a few because we're falling way behind, unfortunately. So here we go. Fun and offer a lot of interesting theories from Mahino ninety three from USA. These guys are awesome. Here we have a podcast about conspiracy theories, aliens, etc., all while having some fun. I enjoy listening while sitting in my boring cubicle all day. Get out of that job right now. They really make me they really make my day go by so quick. Thanks, guys. I hope there are plenty more stories and conspiracies to come. There are. And there will be. We've been going like every eight or nine days releasing one. It's pretty good for us, so. Pretty good. Uh, the great lol's coming. <laughs> he- warning, actually, around Christmas actually, time, there'll be a little bit of a lull. That's just yeah. the way she goes. Um, I'm, When am I coming down? Well, if you're coming down for that long, we should be able to knock off a few. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. Hold on, let me tell you right now. I'm gonna come down. I'm gonna come down December 22nd, and I might go back for January 2nd, but I think I'm gonna have to the eighth off. I don't know, so I'll be there for a pretty good jaunt. Well, that will uh, give us time because if you're a Patreon member, we will be doing recording some. Dungeons and Dragons. It's gonna, I can't fucking wait. It's going to be so fun. I've never done oh, it before. I can't that's what wait. We'll do the first one when I come down in December. We'll plan everything for December. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be me, Andrew, Braden, and Dan's going to be the dungeon master. We're going to record the whole thing. Man, I can't wait to. I'm gonna, we'll probably have a 10 hour session one day, I bet. We're playing. We got to play all day, I think. You got to play till the what? campaign's done. It's perfect because we can start playing at night, drinking beers, and Dan's just getting up having coffee. Yeah, so we'll get belligerent, and he'll just be like, he'll be on his game. Oh, I can't yeah, we're dressing up too. Oh yeah, we all have to wear. Know, know what I still have in here? The, the wizard cloak. cloak? The, the cloak's in here somewhere. Can't wait to wear it. Oh, I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. It's gonna be fun. So that's gonna be released for uh, Patreon supporters, which we have quite a few. And thank you very much for supporting the show because. Fuck ads, and you guys are the best. If you haven't noticed the 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 since case file sixty, I would say the quality of our intro sixty fifty oh fifty the qu- fifty was JFK right? Hey, quality qualities we're always striving for more. Yeah. If you if you, so if you listen, think of your like the the best podcast, the best produced podcast, like fucking Radio Lab and like TED Talks and all these stuff. These guys have a team of like thirty people behind them. They got audio designers and all these guys. It's just us, just us doing it. So, the more uh, the more you support, the better it gets. But here's my here's my call for our supporters. I know we have the greatest podcast fans in the galaxy, and the average for support for a show is about one percent of the listeners, which we're a little bit under at the moment. But I think we can get to three. If we get to three percent, this is my guarantee. More live streams videos, show notes. So if you want to know where we get all of our information, I will Holy take fuck. the time. I will take the we time will... to hold on. Compile gonna, a list. 
we're going to send you um, every week. We'll send you a, a genuine note from Mr. Conspiracy's notebook. What are those fucking little flashcards? Three words on it. I know shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I will like. <laughs> Jack the Ripper, unsolved. Unsolved. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Conspiracy. You're awesome. No, but if we if we get there, like, I want to put together like what where we actually got all our information and like put it well because we have the new website now. Oh, that's a good idea. So like, I'm gonna I'm gonna post like I'll I'll start posting like all the information, like, all the notes. videos of where we what we watched, what we read. We got a video coming soon too. That should be pretty good. Yeah. So we we actually did record a new Patreon uh, subscriber video, and I think it's gonna be pretty funny. I fucking hope <laughs> we had so. a couple uh couple of real time nothing's being situa- cut nothing nothing's being cut nothing's cut it's coming to you raw real time so it'll be fun all right guys well i gotta let's well, so just quickly say if you want to uh, follow us we, know, we can always forget to say if you want to follow us on twitter at truth is out there t-h-u-r-r or just search alien theorists theorizing on twitter it will pop right up same thing uh, we're on instagram snapchat truth is out there find us everywhere and make sure to go and support us on pa- support your boys on patreon beer fund Beer fund. One dollar or more gets you early access. Five dollars more gets you early access and bonus shit. Go for it. And, and that's as about always, it. Always live long and prolapse. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs>